Hello and welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. Thank you for joining me today. The title of our episode today is The Stone Lodge. I've told the story of when I met my best friend growing up, Wayne. It was the first day of kindergarten class, so we were both five years old. I ran into a porcupine on my way home, ran back to the school playground. Wayne was there. He had a toy sword and a toy shield, and we went hunting that porcupine. Luckily for us, it was gone, but we became best friends on that very first day of kindergarten and were best friends all through school until the day we graduated from high school. A few weeks after I graduated from high school, I never saw him but one more time in my whole life. But that was a good 13 years. I used to love going to Wayne's house. Where he lived was a big stone building right on Main Street. And it was called the Stone Lodge and Garage. And part of it, when you faced the building, on the right was a garage where his dad owned the garage. And they had probably two or three bay doors. It was always busy. And then he went around the corner and facing the west was the entrance to the motel there. And there were probably five motel rooms. You walk into the office there and go straight up the stairs and you'd get into the living quarters. You turn right and take another immediately. You take another right and there was Wayne's room. Or if you went straight after turning the first right, you'd come into the dining room and living room and the kitchen was off of the dining room. If you would have taken a left when you reached the top of the stairs, I believe you went to his older brother Ray's room. And right at the head of the stairs there was his younger brother Lee's room. When you came into the motel office, if you took a right, you go back to where the laundry room was. There's a big ping pong table there. We love playing ping pong. And then if you continued on that, you'd get into the garage if you went to the left, though, when you got into the laundry room, you go down into kind of a storage room and then come out and there was a basketball court right outside. And we spent countless hours playing basketball there. We had tremendous games. If it was just Wayne and me, we'd play horse or something for hours. But Ray, Wayne's big brother, and possibly somebody like Terry who was a few years older than me. It'd be Wayne and me versus Terry and Ray. And we'd play game after game after game. We thought we were pretty good. We probably weren't, but we sure had fun and they were competitive games and we played for hours. I remember it getting dark and I could hear my mom clear up on the hill yelling my name to come for dinner. And I'd ignore her because we were right in the middle of a game. Finally, I'd be interrupted by the game by Wayne's mom or somebody saying, your mom said, come home for dinner. Away I'd go. It was kind of a weird place for a house, I always thought, because there was no yard. There was just parking lot around. And the closest thing to a yard was that basketball court. But I spent countless hours there. That's where Wayne and I bleached our hair, and I became a fluorescent orange neon sign right there in Wayne's bedroom at the Stone Lodge and Garage. In a lot of ways, it was better than living in a house with a yard up on the hill. Right across the street was the Bowling Alley. 
and Dick and Ray D and Cindy lived there. Right next door to them, Petey and Dickie lived at the mobile gas station. We used to go over to the clay cliffs with those guys, hike around, try to climb up those cliffs. At the mobile gas station, they put a basketball backboard up in one of the garage bays so you could play basketball in the wintertime there. On the other side of the bowling alley, Dave and Jan lived there, and Dave was the head of the slot car club. Wayne loved those slot cars. I spoke about the theater in town put a slot car track down in front of the screen. I never got it. I didn't really like them. I had HO cars at home, and they were much smaller, so I could have them in my basement, and that was great fun for me. Slot cars took a lot of room, and you almost had to belong to somewhere or go somewhere to play with them. You're right downtown where the streets were paved. You could ride your bike right there. I'd go down to the garage office after hours after it was closed for the night. And I'd call Zero, get the operator, and that was back in the days when the operator put in the phone calls for you. And I tried to sweet-talk one of the operators into patching me into some girlfriend I knew in Denver or something, try to get the call for free. Sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. If it didn't, I'd maybe charge it to my home number and pay the consequences later when my dad got the phone bill. If you're around the house at Wayne's during lunchtime, the garage would close and Wayne's dad and the guy that worked for him would come up and they'd have a big lunch. There was always a big lunch. I was always amazed by that because our lunches at my house is always, you know, just me and my brother or something having a sandwich. But there the whole family, especially in the summer when we're all around, would sit down and eat a big lunch together. Wayne's dad, Wayne's mom guy working for them, Wayne and his brothers, and me if I was around. It was a great place. I loved it there. Wayne's mom loved to engage you in conversation, and Wayne's dad was the nicest guy on earth. Now don't get me wrong, I love my home, but that hill always got me when I was a kid, and there were no hills around the Stone Lodge and garage. After I graduated from high school, I left home for a couple of years, and I came back. I think the Stone Lodge and Garage was closed down. I think the family had moved to Denver. I do not remember seeing any of them anymore. Ray lived up there for a while, but everybody else moved to Denver, and eventually Ray moved there also. A year or so after that, they tore that Stone Lodge and Garage down and built a fancy bank right there. And the history of that place, where a big part of my childhood was, was gone. And I can't find a picture of it, but I remember what it looked like. Big old gray building, dark gray. These big old rocks, stone lodge and garage. I've shared this before, but Wayne has passed away. Ray has lived in Denver for some years now. And somewhere, I saw a picture of Wayne's youngest brother, Lee. He's all grown up. In my mind, he'll always be a kid about four years younger than me. I guess that's the way Lee ought to stay in my mind. The picture of him all grown up kind of shocked me a little, then made me smile. Now for a segment we call the Top 10 55 Years Ago. 
That is the top 10 pop songs this week in 1965. Number 10, This Diamond Ring, Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Number 9, My Girl, The Temptations. Number 8, Goldfinger, Shirley Bassey. Number 7, Shotgun, Junior Walker and the All-Stars. Number 6, Fairy Cross of Mercy, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Number 5, King of the Road, Roger Miller. Number 4, by the Beatles, Eight Days a Week. Number 3, The Birds and the Bees, Jewel Atkins. Number 2, by Herman's Hermits, Can't You Hear My Heartbeat. And the number one song, Stop in the Name of Love by the Supremes. Stop in the Name of Love. Remember that? They'd hold their hand out, like, Stop! Halt! You see them on TV, probably on Hullabaloo or Shindig, possibly on Bandstand, I guess. I think they might have been a little bigger than Bandstand was able to handle. Ed Sullivan, that's probably where I saw them. Ed Sullivan. 55 years ago, 1965 had some great music. We're just in March now, and there's some wonderful songs on this list. This segment of today's episode, I'm going to take us right back to when I was a senior in high school. Last episode, we talked about spring break when we went to Washington and New York my senior year of high school. Well, I believe this happened my senior year of high school also, and probably right after we got back from that trip. Back in the 60s, you could drive along the road and all of a sudden on a rock formation up front of you, right as you turn in a curve, there'd be like a big 6.5 or 6.7, and it indicated the graduating year of that senior class and the school where we went. And you'd see these every once in a while, and if people were really, really good at it, it'd be big old 6'4", standing out for all to see. So Wayne and Dan and I decided we ought to put a 6'8 up. Everybody does it, every class, and we don't have a 6'8 anywhere. So on the road between a town 10 miles away and and town I was raised in, about halfway there, there's a bunch of rocks up on this hill, and it had been perfect. We crawled up there, and it was kind of precarious. It was pretty much straight up and down. You could see the road right down below you and gave you kind of the willies, like if I stumble and fall, I'll just roll right down to the highway. We're way up there, and there are these rocks, and we had spray paint, and we sprayed painted a big 6-8. It took us a long time, and I thought someone had fallen and hurt themselves. But we got the job done, and we were very proud of ourselves. And you could see the road from there perfectly. Cars were whizzing by down below. We got down below and looked up, and we could kind of see it right where we were at. Hey, yeah, that looks pretty good. It's starting to get dark, so let's drive back and then drive and see how it just shows up for the world to see. So we piled into our car, drove a mile or so down the road, turned around and came. And where is it? Where is it? We're craning our neck. What had happened, it was such a steep embankment and so close to the road that you had to look straight up from your windshield and maybe you get a glimpse of it. 
you turn in a curve and you're trying to turn and mountains right on top of you and to make a long story short we did not put in a strategically good spot i'm sure it's still there today i wonder if anyone ever saw it i gave up looking for it after a while because i could see it if i worked hard at it but not really while i was driving so I guess I shouldn't have tried to deface some rocks just to show off my graduation year from high school. It's just a thing people did, and I just don't see that anymore. But I'm, I don't go up there very often. Maybe kids still do it. They sure did it in the 50s and 60s. I know that. Wherever you're from, if memory can go back that far, you probably remember seeing a two or three graduation years on somebody's water tower town he lived in. Where I was raised there were no water towers. They just always put the water tank on a hill a little higher than the town. So I didn't even know what a town water tower was till later in life. I think it's good that you don't see that anymore. I'm not at all in favor of defacing anything. Not a big fan of graffiti. But for some reason back there in 1968 Wayne and Dan and I thought that'd be a good idea. We always had things we thought were good ideas that turned out to not be such a good idea. I guess that's why we were just teenagers. I have been told that sometimes my voice sounds very sad without any excitement in it. And maybe that's just me. Early on when I first started doing podcasts, I'd laugh at my own jokes and I have worked real hard to take that out of there. When I watch a funny comedian, it always amazes me how he won't even crack a smile. just makes me laugh and laugh. Well, that's not the reason I do that, but I understand that today my voice is very melancholy. And I think the reason why is much of my childhood was invested at Wayne's home, and there's not even a trace of that anywhere there now. And kind of makes me sad. It really does. If you go to our webpage, babyboomertales.com, you can find links to where you can hear our podcast, see pictures of the country I speak about, see a few pictures of myself. There's links there if you would like to purchase our book or if you would like to help us keep Baby Boomer Tales podcasts commercial free. There's a place you can do that. It's great to have you with me every week. I so much appreciate it. I look forward to next week. Never be afraid to be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday.